Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ... They do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks very much, Dion. Now, I don't know if you were listening as Dion was reading and you were thinking, what on earth is he going to say about that? Well, when I looked at the passage... Uh, a week or so ago, thinking about it, I came to the, I had the same question in my mind. What on earth am I going to say about all that? It would be really helpful if you are able to have your Bibles open. It's good that you can see as we work through the text together, whether you use the Pew Bible, page 1144, or if you have it on your phones or device, that's great as well. I think also it would probably be very good that we pray and ask for the Lord's help as we look at this passage together. So let's pray. Father God, this is your word to us today. Uh, There's some tricky things in it. So we pray for your help by your spirit as we look at it together this evening. Would you help me to explain it faithfully and clearly and help each one of us to hear your word rightly So that we wouldn't just be mere hearers of your word and go away and forget. But that we would be doers of your word. That through your word and by your spirit, our lives would be changed 
all to the glory and praise of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So as we said, we are continuing with Romans chapter 8 this evening, thinking not so much about how it is possible to no longer be under condemnation before God, which of course is because of God, because of Christ. But how can I know tonight with any certainty that I'm right with God, that I'm no longer under condemnation? Is that even possible to know now that you, that I, am no longer under condemnation, that when the Lord of the universe returns, we will not face condemnation for our sin and rebellion against him. Well, Paul says, yes, you can. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Greg, you say, how can I know that that has been applied to me? That I can go out of Emmanuel Church tonight, assured that I'm no longer under condemnation. Where's the evidence? Well, that's what verses 5 through 13 of Romans 8 goes on to talk about. How do we know that we're no longer under condemnation? What's the necessary evidence? How can I be sure I'm not just a weirdo having had a weird experience? Well, Paul tells us who these people are so that those first readers of Romans and us tonight might know if we are one of them. Have a look at verse 4. There Paul tells us, it is those who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's the evidence. The burning question then that follows is, what does, what does living according to the spirit and not the flesh look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 gives us the answer. Have a look at it with me. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. So here we are, back to those two characters, Francesca Flesh and Simon Spirit. And these two ways of living are set in deliberate contrast here in our passage. So let's look at each in turn. And I apologize, we don't have um, any pretty pictures. It was one of those weeks for me, so apologies. Here's the first thing if you're taking notes. Living according to the flesh. Well, verse 5 does give us some kind of sense of what that might look like. At the beginning of verse 5, it says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So to live according to the flesh is to have your mind set on what, by nature, you want to do. It is to have a mind that is set on what feels right for you. Notice that this mindset on the sinful nature isn't simply a mindset on evil. It is a mindset 
on what you have decided in your own heart is right or wrong. Not whether what God thinks is so. So I want you to imagine for a moment that you're back in the 1800s and you're on an old sailing ship and you're looking out into the distance of one of those fancy telescopes of the day which focuses in on a sailor on another ship some distance away. And all you can see is the sailor on the deck and he's scrubbing the deck furiously to make it clean. And an officer walks past and he jumps up smartly and salutes. And as soon as the officer has gone past, he's back down scrubbing and cleaning the deck. And then a moment later, he notices a fellow sailor uh, struggling and he goes over to help him. And once he's helped him, he goes back to his scrubbing. The question for us at that moment is, as we look at that man through our telescope, is he a good man? Or a bad man? Wonder what you think. When you look and see how hard working he is and the respect he has for his uh, for authority, his care for his fellow sailor, it seems like he's a really good bloke, a really good man, right? Until of course you pan back with your telescope and you see that the ship that he is working on is a pirate ship. And suddenly all the goodness of his good deeds is put into the context of who he's working for. He's working for the benefit of the pirates. He's a pirate. He's on the wrong team. He's fighting for the enemy. You see, it is possible to live a kind of respectable, moral, uprightish sort of life But being moral is not the point here. Being moral can actually be deeply offensive to God if it's exercised according to how I think life should be without any regard for what God thinks. It's the mindset that says, I decide what's right and what's wrong. Verse 7 then goes on to Add to our understanding of what living according to the flesh looks like. Have a look at verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. To live a life according to the flesh is to live opposed to God. Now, that's not necessarily shaking your fist at God. It could just be politely ignoring him and doing your own thing. You may be a very nice person. You might be generous, sacrificial, a great friend to have. But to have a mind set on the flesh or the sinful nature, it's the same thing, is to be submitting to your own values rather than God's values. And Uh, to be concerned with what you want rather than what God wants. And the thing is, you see, it's possible to be a committed churchgoer and to look like you're the friend of God when really you are hostile to God and his word. 
Jesus, of course, was a master at this, wasn't he? At revealing this in people. You remember the story of the rich young ruler? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Sounds a good question, right? And Jesus says to him, go and sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. And what does the man do? Well, he's just had God tell him what he must do in order to be right with God. What would you do, I wonder? If God told you what you needed to do to be right with him, well, if you had a mind that was concerned for God's will and God's purposes, you'd just do it, wouldn't you? Right? But you see, if your faith was not genuine, you wanted to look like you were friends with God, that you were for God, but really in your heart you weren't. You'd hear what God said, and you'd say, well, God's word can't really mean that, can it? That's unfair. You know, society has changed. We live in a different world now. It can't mean the same thing. It must mean something different now for us. Or, no, no, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not really comfortable with that, we might say. And we'll find a way to dismiss it because we want to do what we want to do rather than what God wants to do. And note this man went away sad because he had a lot of money and his heart wasn't there. He wanted what God had to offer him, but he wanted it on his own terms. He didn't want to give up the things that he had and enjoyed. I wonder if there's something in your life that you want to hold on to, despite what God is saying in his word. Where God's word is pushing you and pushing against what you would like. And you politely just ignoring him at the moment. A mind that is hostile to God. A mind that is set on the flesh. Will be a mind that puts self and my own values. Above God's word and his values and priorities. Well I don't know about you but I'm feeling a little uncomfortable at the moment with all of that. So let's think for a moment then what the contrast is. Living according to the Spirit. What does that look like? Well, Paul tells us, have a look again at verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Now I want you to imagine for a moment... A sewage tank. Yes, I know it's weird, but just go with me for a moment. Imagine there's a great big sewage tank, and there's a man who's walking around the sewage tank. And bizarrely, he gets hit on the head with a rock, and he's knocked out cold, and he falls into the sewage tank. How do you know that that person 
has come back to consciousness. What is the first obvious bit of evidence that tells you they've come back to consciousness, that they're awake? Well, surely it's that they want to get out the tank. There's no ladders, so it's hard to get out, but they're swimming around trying to get out of the muck they're in, if you'll excuse the analogy. And the reason they want to get out is because they're conscious and they know that they're in the tank of muck. That's Romans 8. Who are those who are not under condemnation? Who are those who are conscious? Well, they are the ones who recognize the sin in their lives, who recognize the sin in the world, who see their sinful nature and they're trying to get out of sin. They're trying to get out of the tank. They're the ones who live by the Spirit, whose minds are set on what the Spirit desires, who want to live in obedience to God's will and purposes in His Word. Now, just to clarify for a moment, it might be a little confusing. If you look at verse 9, have a look at it with me. It says there, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... They do not belong to Christ. Well, yeah, we have the Spirit, we have the Spirit of God, and we have the Spirit of, of Christ. Now, Paul is not talking here about three different spirits, but he's talking about the one and same third person of the Trinity, just using different names. And so to belong to Christ, says Paul, is to have the Spirit of Christ. You don't become a Christian first and then sometime later get the Spirit. If anyone who doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Now, since we who are Christians, we who are in Christ, have the Spirit, and that Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, then what will the Spirit of Christ be concerned about? Well, he'll be concerned about the things of Christ. And what is Christ concerned about for you and me? Well, he wants us to be transformed into his likeness, to be more and more like him. And so Paul goes on to say in verse 10 and 11, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. What does it mean to live by the spirit? Well, it is to live your life putting to death the, me, the deeds of the body, of the sinful nature. Now, friends, this is desperately important because if you want to know whether or not you are under condemnation, you need to know whether you are living by the spirit whether you're living in accordance with the Spirit, whether you're walking by the Spirit, whether you have your mind set on what the Spirit desires, they're all saying the same thing, which is longing to and seeking to be more and more like Jesus, our Savior and Lord, through obedience to his word. You see, that is what it is to set your mind on things of the Spirit, 
What does the Spirit want? Well, he wants to make us more and more like the Lord Jesus by putting to death the misdeeds of the body. There's the evidence that you're no longer under condemnation. You see, are you in the sewage tank? Are you awake? Are you conscious? Recognizing the muck you're in and trying to get out. What is the necessary evidence of the spirit at work in you? Well, it's that you are alive to sin. That you see the muck you're in and you want to be rid of it. You want to get out of the tank and live as God desires in obedience to Christ and his word. And yes, you struggle, of course. Uh, Frank very helpfully made that point, didn't, didn't he? There's no evidence in Romans 8 that means we will somehow become sinless and perfection. It's an ongoing challenge. If you are alive to what God wants for you, and you see sin for what it is, and desire to make Christ the shape of your life, however imperfectly, then that is one necessary evidence that you are no longer under condemnation. Now, why is that just one necessary evidence? Well, because it begins with Christ. It begins as you put your faith and trust in Jesus and his death for you on the cross. Recognizing that on the cross he bore the condemnation that you deserve. And so has become the ladder, as it were, to bring you out of the sewage tank. And as you put your trust in Christ, so Paul tells us that we then have the spirit of Christ within us. And it is the spirit of Christ within us that helps us to stand against the misdeeds of the flesh. And to begin to live a life that honors Christ, putting aside our sinful deeds and living for him. Therefore, I can say with absolute confidence, if you're sitting here this evening and you've put your trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you are in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ dwells within you and he is transforming you into the likeness of Christ. And so day by day, as you live for Christ, you will see your life change and you'll seek to become more and more like Jesus. Yes, it will be a struggle, but that is the direction of travel. And therefore, you are no longer under any condemnation. You can go out from here this evening rejoicing in confidence that you are Christ. Isn't that great news? Isn't that something worth rejoicing in? I mean, Frank was saying earlier on uh, that, that that's what's, what he came away with last week. And that's a great thing to hold on to. Uh, and Amanda was sharing with us of how there's so many difficult things going on in, in the world today and in our lives. So many things that we're struggling with. Isn't it great to be able to hold on to this one truth? Knowing that in Christ there is no condemnation. And we can have that assurance right here, right now. It may, of course, be that here this, yeah, this evening and you're listening to all of this and you think, well, I'm not really sure that that is true of me. 
I don't really want to change anything in my life. I don't want to do things different. I want to do things my way. I want to decide what is right and wrong. And maybe as you've listened, you've felt a little unsettled and uncomfortable. And we'd love to chat to you further about that, to encourage you, to help you uh, think through what it means to be in Christ and to know with confidence that there is no condemnation for you. Uh, There's prayer ministry afterwards, and uh, you can obviously talk to me or to Judith. We're going to come to a time of prayer now, and Judith is going to lead us. And we have a moment where we will think about uh, what we've learned this evening and have the opportunity to confess before Almighty God, before we praise him. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.